You're listening to Trickle Down Theories, where football knowledge is power. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now, here's Eric Trickle. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Trickle Down Theories podcast. I'm your host, Eric Trickle. On Trickle Down Theories, we talk about all things NFL, and we focus on the Denver Broncos as I am an analyst with MileHighHuddle.com, but I like to talk about other teams every now and then as well. And we talk about all things from signings, trades, rosters, team needs, anything and everything you can think of, and we're just getting into that great time. Preseason started. We're almost to the regular season. we still got a few weeks to go, so everything's looking fine and dandy on that front, and I'm excited that football's back. The Broncos are back. It's been Seems like it's been way too long since last time I watched them play play a real a new game, anyways. But today, before I jump into this, I want to tell you guys why you guys need to become a VIP member for MileHuddle.com. We get a lot of information from inside the organization. We have our sources. We put that there. We do film reviews, X's and O's, a lot of that stuff. And we keep that behind a VIP membership. And it, it's, it really is well worth it. I mean, again, you get access to insider information that a lot of other places don't have. You get access to the best film reviews. You get best breakdowns, all that jazz. It's the best on the web here with us at MiloHuddle.com. Definitely worth it. And we just ask for your guys' support by becoming a VIP subscriber. All you guys have to do is go to mileihub.com and on the top right, there's a little thing that says become a member. You just got to click on that and choose what you want. If you want annual or monthly, whichever one, and you'll be locked in. And again, you get access to everything and you get access to our VIP forums where you can ask us all sorts of questions. You can talk with other Bronco fans who are members, all that stuff like that. Trust me, you guys, it is worth it. You have my word. You're not going to be disappointed by it. It's great. Now, preseason's underway. The Vikings beat the Broncos, but it's worth noting that the Broncos offense only played six snaps. And yeah, they didn't look great, but they didn't game plan for it. They weren't they didn't game plan for the Bron- for the Vikings. What they wanted to go out there and do is they wanted to go out there and just try some different concepts and stuff like that. They wanted to see what works, and that's what a lot of teams do this time of year. Is they're just trying to see what they can do, what they can get away with, things like that. They don't always want to go show everything from the regular season. They don't want to go hard they don't want to risk injuries some players or some teams do go out there to win they want to show everything that they got because they every games should be won that kind of mentality for it but not all teams do there are some teams out there who they basically what their goal is for the week for the preseason game depends on who they're playing some games it'll be just the purely an evaluation thing where they just want to go out there and just let the basically call basic plays and see what the guys what the young players can do see who stands out or they want to challenge themselves they want to do concepts that they're not used to they want to try and they move players around play positions that are not that or do things that they normally don't do for these players they want to go out there and just try to see if the chemistry's down like they just do all the different sorts of things preseason's not made to win and i know a lot of fans may not get that preseason's there to evaluate to see what you can do to see what you can get away with things like that and also denver was missing quite a bit of starters i mean ron leary didn't play von miller didn't play and todd davis didn't play and those are guys that are a couple key pieces the defense got gashed a couple times for big runs well if you have von miller or you have and todd davis out there it's unlikely that those big runs happen they struggled getting some push on with their starters on the run game well max garcia kept on finding himself on the ground and maybe having ron leary manning that spot would have caused would have had a difference don't know you can't say until you actually see it happen but i'm gonna i'm just gonna break down the game a little bit give some of my thoughts and whatnot some players looked really good even with the starters Connor mcgovern looks all 
there was a couple plays. There was one play where it was a run play. He got jacked on initial contact. He got jacked back, and he had to recover. And McGo- Connor McGovern is one of the best recovered offensive linemen there are. Meaning that if he gets blown up initially, he has the ability. He's really good at recovering and reinitiating and causing something to happen. Didn't happen so much here. He wasn't able to get much push, and Devonta Booker ran right into his butt. But one issue with this play too is that Devonta Booker has absolutely no vision, and that was on display in this game. He left a lot of wide open running lanes free and left yards on the field. And this is one where he had a decent running lane out to his right. And he just continues to go drive straight forward. That's not something you can have from a running back. And the other play with Connor McGovern is was a pass play. And there was a stunt on the outside and Jared Valdir jumps inside, which means Connor McGovern has to go take the guy who's stunting outside. And McGovern wasn't able to reset his base or anything like that on contact. So he kind of got blown up a little bit when the defensive line hit him. He was off balance and all that. But he still managed to give Keenum enough time to get rid of the ball. And it, the play resulted in an incomplete pass. But still, and Connor McGovern, he, it wasn't the best play from him, but he did what he could given the circumstances. Basically, the starting offensive line in general looked solid. Garrett Bowles looked really good. There was one play that he kind of got his arm tangled up on a defender and a pressure was given up. But that also falls on the running back that was in there or the tight end. I can't remember who. Max Garcia really struggled, but he's not a starter. He kept finding himself and he played a lot of snaps. And he didn't do, there wasn't much good finding from, much good from his game. So there's not much to take away from there. Jared Vildeer struggled a lot. Matt Paradis looked solid. And the funny thing is with, speaking of this, is Connor McGovern, after the first six snaps, Connor McGovern moved to center. Max Garcia stayed at guard and the rest was changed out. Connor McGovern actually looked better at center than he did at guard. So that is something to keep an eye on. If Denver can't get, for some reason, get an extension done with Matt Paradis, maybe they look to move Connor McGovern inside the center because once again, he looked really good there last year when he was with the starters because Matt Paradis was coming back from injury and he looks really good there again. So maybe that's something that they look to do if they can't keep an, get an extension done with Paradis. Then there was a bunch of guys who I wanted to see more on offense that just weren't there. I mean, obviously it wasn't all them. I mean, when you're looking at receivers, it's more so up to the quarterback. I wanted to see more of Cortland Sutton and more of Deshaun Hamilton, but we really didn't see much of them. Jake Butt, he looked okay as a blocker, but we didn't see him as a receiver and Andy Janovich, he was up and down as a blocker. We didn't see much. But Royce Freeman, he's another one who is getting a lot of praise or he is one who's getting a lot of praise from the media for how good he looked. And he had a couple he had one really bright moment with a with that one run, which I'll talk about here in a few that he took for a touchdown. But outside of that, it was kind of rough. He had a couple runs that he picked up a solid decent amount of yardage. It was like five or six yards both times. But he had another running lane open that he just one little cut and he could have made and possibly picked up more but he just ran right into where all the trash is basically he really failed on a pass protection where he just got completely blown up trying to pick up the blitzer and then he had a really bad drop as well john ellie in an interview not too long ago came out and said that royce freeman looks like he's going to be the number one basically the number one back but he's going to be a two down back with those first and second down carries and then Devonte booker is going to come in and be that third down back and that receiver out of the backfield now that fits both their skill sets really well Devonte booker he's not the best pass protector but he is better than Royce Freeman and he's a better pass catcher than Royce Freeman Royce Freeman but Royce Freeman is the better runner so that works out that uses both their strengths now the one play that he scored the touchdown on it came off of a read option from Paxton Lynch and this was probably Paxton Lynch's best play 
and only good play from the game. I know a lot of people want to hate on him just to hate on him, but Paxton Lynch did something right here. It was a read option. All he had to do was read one defender and decide if he wanted to hand the ball off to Freeman or keep it himself. Well, he read the defender and he decided to hand it off to Freeman, and which was right. Looking back on the play, you can see that the defender was leaning more towards the outside, which would have been Paxton Lynch's path had he held the ball, more than leaning inside, which was with the ball carrier. So Paxton Lynch made the right call. He handed it the ball off and made them pay that way. And, well, Royce Freeman made them pay anyways. He made a nice sharp cut. He showed a pretty solid extra gear to get some separation and ran it in for the touchdown. There was one big mistake made by, a, well, two big mistakes made by Vikings defenders here. One was the defender that was being read. Again, he led, he leaned a little bit too much to the outside, giving it away. And then there was a safety that he, how he set himself up to try to make the tackle on Freeman, pushed Freeman outside. And plays like that, when you're the safety, when you're like the last line of defense, basically, you want to push him back to where you have more help. There wasn't much to outside to the outside to this defender's left, but there was, he had defenders coming in from the right and he just set up at an angle that forced Freeman back outside instead of inside. That was a big mistake there that was costly for them. Now, before I move on, I want to talk to you guys about, or why you should follow, sub, and like. It really means a lot if you go to iTunes or Stitcher and subscribe to us and share us and share us on Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff and rating and subscribing us on iTunes and Spreaker and all that jazz. It, it's so appreciated because you guys are the ones who enable us to do something that we absolutely love to do. And basically all we ask in return is VIP subscriber and helping spread the word around about our podcasts and sharing us around and not just our podcasts, but sharing our articles around and stuff like that. It means a lot and a lot to us because again, it enables, enables us to do something that we so love to do. Now on the defensive side of things, I'm going to, I'll come back and talk more about the offense, especially Chad Kelly, because he's going to be a big topic of discussion here. But on the defensive side of things, it was definitely obvious that they missed Todd Davis and Von Miller. And but that doesn't mean that they all played bad. Isaac Yadam, he had a couple of mistakes here and there of giving up some big catches and he was picked on, but he was matched up to against his greatest weakness. And that weakness is route runner. Stefan Diggs is one of the better route runners in the NFL and it's hard to defend against him. I mean, Stefan Diggs even burned Bradley Roby for a big catch with some great moves during his route. Isaac Yadam has some issues with that. So it's of course he does, but he still looked salt. He looked decent. He showed his promise. He showed potential. And definitely when it, you come to the regular season, you're not going to see him matched up with the route runners. You're going to see him matched up with the bigger bodied guys, which is one thing that you want to test out in preseason is seeing these guys against their weaknesses and how they react to it and respond to it. Isaac Adam did the best he could given the circumstances. It was his first game in the NFL and he was taking on some really tough matchups. Stefan Diggs is not easy for anyone to cover and Isaac Adam was on him for, for quite a bit. But in the regular season, if he comes onto the field, he'll be taking on bigger bodied receivers and Chris Harris will be taking on those route runners. It's playing to matchups. Chris Harris didn't play much, so Isaac Yadam ended up having to step in and take some extra snaps and do some things that he wasn't used to. Brendan Langley didn't look very good on defense. He got tossed like a ragdoll once trying to make a tackle, but it looked like he gave up on trying to make the tackle and went for trying to strip the ball, and the receiver just threw him off. CJ Smith got burned once, but he almost had a pick. Kayshawn Barrera actually caused him to miss out on the pick. He came up and hit into him, and up until that point, Smith still had a shot. And you can tell afterwards watching the game that Smith was disappointed in Barrera that he forced him to miss out on the interception. But oh, there's a lot of talk about how disappointing the corners were, but they were they gave up plays, but they weren't really disappointing. Again, it's just a matter of matchups. The Vikings are have some solid depth on their offense, especially at receiver, and they're still growing and learning. Brendan Langley's really law or Brendan Langley's really raw. Isaac Yadam has a lot to has a lot to grow. C.J. Smith is just a depth corner, and it showed. You got to take it. 
with a grain of salt. And the Vikings actually game planned for this game too. They went in there with a plan to target Isaac Yadam and things like that. So they didn't went in there with a plan on what to do against this Broncos defense. One standout that I really want to talk about on this Broncos defense is Marcus Rush. This is a guy who, when they released their first depth chart, he was listed ahead of Jeff Holland, and a lot of people were throwing fit. Well, if this game's any indication, I can see why Marcus Rush is listed ahead of him. Marcus Rush was one of the best defenders out on that field for the Broncos. He was all over the place. He was always involved in the play. His pass rush looked really good. He dropped into coverage a couple times and looked smooth in coverage. He looked so versatile in what he can do. He set the edge pretty well. There was, a, I mean, he there was bad plays from him. I mean, not every player is going to have a perfect game, but he had some really nice plays. He made some, was involved in some big stops and he just played really well. And Denver has this knack of finding under the radar pass rushers and maybe Marcus Rush is one of them. I mean, with what I saw, it's hard to say that he isn't. On the defensive line though, there was two big runs. The first one, there was a lot of miscommunication going on. The certain parts of the play were changed before the snap and some players didn't hear it. But either way, the hole that the running back ran through, either Derek Wolf or Bradley Chubb, both of whom were matched up on tight ends, should have been able to shed that block and make the play, or at the very least free up an arm to grab him, and neither of them did. And then you have Brandon Marshall missing a tackle. That That's just uncalled for. Um, preseason is the time to work out the kinks, and Denver definitely has some kinks to work out with this run defense. And maybe if Todd Davis was in there instead of Zaire Anderson, then things would be different. Anderson didn't have the best game. He did have that pick, but it was the right place, right moment kind of thing. So I'm not going to... Um, that, that shouldn't be taken like as some great play. It, it was just luck that he was there in the first place. On the defensive line, back to them anyways. Damata Peko, he played really well. He showed that he is a really good nose tackle in the NFL. He blew up a screen play. He blew up a couple runs. He did what he was supposed to. He was stout. He took on multiple blocks. He was just out in the middle, and he's such a key for this run defense, and he showed why. The other big run play that they gave up, that's on. that was another one with miscommunication. There was supposed, to, from what I understand, is that there was supposed to be a stunt that happened, and it didn't, and the two guys that who were supposed to be setting the edge got pushed way out, and that left a huge gap, and the Vikings made the Broncos pay for it. As for the rest of the secondary, because I've talked about the corners, I've talked about linebackers, I've talked a little bit about outside linebackers, and I talked about the defensive line, but I haven't talked about the safeties. And Will Parks really stood out. He made play after play after play. He was basically in the game from start to finish, so he was just doing all kinds of things. He made plays on special teams as well. He had the first sack. He just he was all over the place. He really stood out. He didn't make mental errors. That was one thing that I was concerned about because last year he made a bunch of mental errors and that's not something you can have um, in a guy who's going to be seeing more reps. So he cut back on those and he played a really strong game. He didn't draw any penalties. So that's something that is to be happy about. Simmons and Stewart both looked solid in their play. Stewart played a lot closer to the line of scrimmage. There was one play though that he had to react to it and he was a little bit slow on the reaction and kind of got bit for it. So that's something to keep an eye on. Adam Gottes and Shelby Harris, they they both rotated. They both played a lot. Um, other corn, Jamal Carter, he got hurt. He played really well. DeMonte Thomas played really well. It's unfortunate that Carter's out, but with how well DeMonte Thomas played and even Trey Marshall, because Trey Marshall played a really good game. It kind of eases up on the impact of losing Carter a little bit, although it was he had a good game to, and had me excited to see what he could do this season before he got hurt. Now, before I get to finishing this up, I want to talk to you guys about Audible, our sponsor. They're such a great sponsor, and you guys can get a free audiobook download and a free 30-day trial at www.audibletrial.com slash huddle up. They have over like 180,000 titles to choose from, and you can get it on your iPhone, your Android, your Kindle, your MP3 player, like 
everything. Again, it's www.audibletrial.com slash huddle up. I use it when I'm at work and I can't be doing and it's slow at work anyways. And so there's certain things I'm allowed to do, certain things I'm not. Well, I'm waiting for things to pick up, but I use Audible Trial while I'm there and it's great. I'm able to just sit back and listen to the books as they books and I don't have time to read because I have to keep my eyes open and I have to be keeping a lookout for things. So I'm able to just plug in one headphone into my ear and just listen to the book. When I'm at home sitting here writing or doing prep work for the podcasts or articles or stuff like that, boom, audible trial. I'm able to put a book on while I'm sitting here focused, looking on these other stuff. And uh, I can pick out the book and listen to it while I'm still working. It's just such a great trial or such a great thing to have. It, I definitely recommend it. Now, the big one that everybody is talking about is Chad Kelly. And I'm going to start this off by saying Chad Kelly deserves the number two reps. If he doesn't get him, get them, then there is something wrong. Plain and simple. So, and of course, today it's Monday the 13th. You guys will probably hear this either August 14th or August 15th. So, well, by the time this is out, you guys will know if Chad Kelly is getting number two reps. I'm waiting to see. It's just right before practice is about to start when we should find out. So maybe you guys will get a late live update that Chad Kelly's the number two quarterback. But all things point to him should be his game wasn't perfect, which is to be expected. It's been over 600 days since he last played a game. But some of those issues that he had, they go back to college. He had no footwork. His feet were dead. One of his best plays, and I'm working on a film piece now as well. I actually paused to working on it to get this recorded real quick. And one of his best plays is one where he actually had some footwork. He kept his feet moving. He kept his base underneath him. He threw it off the proper base. And it was a great play. But there were other plays where he his feet were dead and it led to misfires. It led to a interception. It led to another near interception it led to some positive plays for denver despite having to force the receivers to adjust when they didn't need to he also locked onto receivers he stared them down he didn't always go through progressions like there was there were some issues there with him but he still played a really good game and it was definitely better than paxton lynch paxton lynch his time in denver should be done and over with but we'll see but i'm at that point where i didn't see enough of chad kelly to sit there and say, okay, yeah, he's the guy. He's going to be the backup quarterback. And if Case Keenum gets hurt, Chad Kelly can do this. He was against third stringers. He still had a lot of issues that he had back in college. I'm not there yet. If I'm Denver, I'm looking at getting rid of Paxton Lynch and bringing in a veteran quarterback and as soon as possible. Because maybe over the next few weeks, Chad Kelly can have an accelerated growth spurt and really develop the footwork and really take those steps and strides forward to be some to be better than where he's at now. And where he's at now is a good start to where you don't need that veteran, to where it is, okay, yeah, he is the guy. He is the backup quarterback. If Case Keenan goes down, he definitely has this. Maybe he can show that over the next few weeks. But until then, you want to bring in a veteran. And you want to bring in a veteran sooner than later so that way you can have your guy just in case Kelly doesn't. And if Kelly doesn't take those steps, then you're stuck having to roll with three quarterbacks on the roster, which you should be willing to swallow. I mean, Chad Kelly, if he shows enough promise, then yeah, definitely. it's you're, You know you're not going to risk him on trying to get him to the practice squad, so you want to keep him around. I mean, Denver last year, they, wanted, they tried that with Kyle Sloter, and they wanted him back on the practice squad, but... As Kyle Slaughter said, he took more money because of situations with his family and stuff, and I don't blame him. It just sucks for Denver that they didn't weren't able to keep him around because he looked pretty good in this preseason game as well. So Chad Kelly moving forward, he should get the number two reps, but it's hard to sit there and be completely 100% confident that he is the backup quarterback. So a veteran should be looked to be brought in. But guys, that's going to wrap it up for me today. My throat's getting sore, and I've got a bunch of work that I've got to get done. 
So I want to thank you all for listening to Trickle Down Theories. Please leave a like and subscribe. Follow me on Twitter. It's at Eric Trickle, at E-R-I-C-K-T-R-I-C-K-E-L. And you can always reach me on there with any kind of question, and I'm more than willing to respond. I love the interaction with you guys, the fans and listeners and the readers of our content. Because as I said before, it's without without your support, we wouldn't be here where we are. And so we thank you for that. Also, you guys should follow at Mile Eye Huddle. That's where all of our written work comes from for MileEyeHuddle.com. And also at Huddle Up Pod for all the podcasts that come from Chad's, Chad Jensen, Nick Kelberman, Carl Dummler, and Nick Kendall, as well as my own. I'm not fortunate enough to have a co-host, so you guys are just stuck with me. Every now and then I have a guest host, but maybe at some point I can get a full-time co-host on here. But anyways, yeah, go follow them. Go follow at Huddle Up Pod. Make sure you're following the other guys as well. And with regular season coming around, I've been doing more and more periscopes, and I want to keep doing that. I want to keep doing more of them, so keep an eye out on that for to come out on Twitter. But I had a great time sitting here talking. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I didn't get to talk about everything i wanted to i was kind of a little bit scatterbrained because as i said i have a lot going on today but uh, i wanted to get this recorded and out for you guys and hopefully hopefully you guys enjoy my thoughts but thank you guys for listening to trickle down theories and i hope you have a wonderful day you've been listening to trickle down theories join broncos country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going 